on this episode of the Naturist Living Show, Black Naturists. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 120 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschênes, and I'm your host for this podcast. And today I'm going to start with a quote. This is an old quote from 1927 by Maurice Parmelee. He says in the book, The New Gymnosophy, Race prejudice is, in fact, a serious problem for gymnosophy. Consequently, it is of great importance for gymnosophy that race prejudice disappear entirely or be reduced to the lowest possible minimum. Now again, this is Maurice Parmelee in 1927 in the book The New Gymnosophy, a book which was printed over and over and over and over again. It became known as uh, Nudism in Modern Life. Um, Gymnos, as many of you know, is uh, the Greek word for nudity, and gymnosophy comes out of that root. And he wrote that in 1927 when racism was an accepted part of life. Uh, People just assumed it was a a truth that people knew, or they thought they did, that there were some races that were superior to others. Uh, In fact, lots of things were not equal. Uh, Men were clearly... Uh, superior to women as well in, at a time where in many places women still couldn't vote, uh, couldn't hold property without their husband's permission. This is 1927, almost 100 years ago. And he wrote, race prejudice is in fact a serious problem for gymnosophy. Fascinating that somebody could see that that far back. And I'm, I'm afraid that he would probably be very disappointed if he came out today and saw where we are and how little we've achieved. I mean, we've achieved things, don't get me wrong, but we're not there. And, uh, you know, I, I try to do this show to be evergreen content. That is, that no matter when you listen to this, it'll be interesting. And so I don't report on things that will happen, because often if you're listening to this show later on, they've already happened and you've missed it. Uh, I don't try not to report on things that are too specific to the moment uh, that will be irrelevant in the future. But sadly, uh, racism and discrimination against black people is something that's been around for hundreds of years and still very much exists today. And the Black Lives Matter movement is uh, really actually encouraging right now because there's a lot of uh, protests and people are speaking up. And it seems like maybe we are getting somewhere. And it's something that I, and that's why it hasn't been a podcast for a while, because I wasn't quite sure how to address it. Whether I should address it, I didn't want to be taking advantage of a situation. Um, you can't see me, but if you've seen a picture of me, you know I'm not black, I'm white, and I do I have the right to speak about this? But I should speak up, and I do want to support. And interestingly enough, um, Evan sent me an email. Uh, Evan runs uh, a Twitter account 
called Nature's Vintage. Um, and by the way, uh, uh, if you want to hear Evan, he has an interesting story to tell you. First of all, his Twitter account, uh, Nature's Vintage, is fascinating to follow. Some great pictures. He's also a fan of the show. And thank you, Evan, for the nice and very kind comment you've sent before. And on the latest edition of the New Nudist podcast, yes, another podcast. There are many other podcasts, and the New Nudist is good. And I've talked about Scott Klein before, and I was interviewed by him, and I talked about him in previous episode. So in the latest one, which is, in this case, the July 6th, 2020 episode. Um, sorry, there's no episode numbers. And uh, Scott, if you're listening, maybe you should consider having episode numbers so we can reference older episodes. Uh, but it will reference by the date, July 6, 2020, and it's titled Nick and Linz from Naked Wandering Blog. And it is a great interview with Nick and Linz. Um, I always enjoyed listening to them. We have been on the show, as you know, a few times. Uh, it will be in an upcoming episode as well. And, and yes, by the way, Nick and Linz, I don't agree with clothing optional. Shall we argue somewhere? If you want to know what that's about, go listen to that particular episode of The New Nudist. But as much as I love Nick and Linz, what I found most interesting was Evan's story. And Evan's story of his great-great-grandfather, uh, Rudolph Johnson, who was known in his family as Rudy the Nudy. And he was a president of the American Sunbathing Association. Um, and so, which is how uh, Evan got into nudism or naturism. So if you want to go and listen to that episode, you can hear that very interesting story of how he got into naturism and started ended up starting a Nature's Vintage Twitter account. But he also wrote me, and he wrote me because he was also trying to figure out what to do and trying to encourage people to speak up in this movement as well um, about Black Lives Matter. And he kind of convinced me to really push forward. So um, we did cover uh, minorities in naturism. We weren't looking, though, at discrimination as much. We weren't looking at the the battles that people of color have to fight as much as we were talking about why there aren't as many in naturism. Um, but now with Black Lives Matter, I want to approach it specifically about black people. And, you know, there's so much misunderstanding. Black Lives Matter is not that only Black Lives Matter. It's quite the opposite. Uh, it, when you say all lives matter, it's, uh, and I'm saying, you know, most people don't, but sometimes people say it meaning well. And the why that's upsetting to people is because we're trying to fix the problem of systemic discrimination against black people and the killing, in many cases, of black people when it's absolutely avoidable. And that is what Black Lives Matter is about. It's about fixing the problem that black people face. It's not about not caring about other people or ignoring other problems. There are many problems, sadly, in our society and many other people who are discriminated against. But Black Lives Matter is about black people. And this movement may be better. I think there are more people that are tolerant and accepting of all people. And somehow, maybe when we're nude, skin color perhaps matters a little bit less. We see each other just like the difference between men and women matters a little bit less. Maybe people become more people once we take all the clothes off as well. And so, but there is definitely a history of racism in the movement. Um, you know, people like to talk even about how the uh, Nazis banned uh, the uh, Freikorperkultur movement or nudism in Germany. And they did for a short period of time until some of the leaders of that movement in Germany were very 
uh, such good little Nazis and such good supporters of the regime that it was reinstated because they convinced them that if you want purity of race, having people nude is how you can identify if there's anything wrong with them. And so uh, black people were not allowed in a lot of the early uh, nudist places. Um, in the United States, there were places that definitely discriminated. There's stories about it in some of the older magazines. And again, if you go look at Evans' um, feed, he's got a couple of articles that talk about that. But I want to talk about today, not the past, because hopefully things are a bit better today, and hopefully now we are moving forward. And I started with uh, Gregory Jean-Louis, a good French name, but he's a good American. He's a dedicated listener who'd contacted me before. And we had a little chat about being black in naturism. Uh, my name is Greg. Um, 38. I've been a naturist since I was 16, 17. Okay. And you're originally from Haiti? Originally, uh, but grew up in Massachusetts. Oh, there you go. Me too, actually. I grew up in Wellesley. Do you know where Wellesley is outside Boston? Uh, yes, I grew up just north of um, Boston in a town called West Medford. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I had, uh, I had, my father was transferred there when he was with Sun Life, uh, which was headquartered in Wellesley, and I, I lived there from about twelve to sixteen. So. Yeah, I pretty much lived in Boston since I was uh, four years old. Oh, very cool. And then left off for college. And for people listening who can't see either of us, uh, I'm Caucasian. Most people probably know that because they've seen me with a mustache. And <laughs> you're black, right? I, I am. I am. So is, and in Canada we say black, but I think it's in the United States you prefer African-American or do you have a preference? I actually mostly go by Haitian or Haitian-American. Um, but black is fine, African-American is fine, but I mostly identify as Haitian. Yeah, that's cool, because Haitian is a very unique culture. It's a very unique culture, correct. A good one. <laughs> yes. Um, I, uh, and, and that's a good, actually, that's a good starting point, because we're, we're talking about being black, and, and because this is the time of Black Lives Matters, and I'm sure it, it has been, or it should have been for a long time, and I think it will be for a long time, even though right now it's more in the forefront. I hope it doesn't die out. Um, but being black isn't just everybody who's black isn't the same. There's a no. lot of different cultures. Of course. Um, it, I, yes, I think people have to um, kind of understand that just because you share a race does not mean you share the same ideologies or a culture. You know, my culture as a person from the Caribbean islands is vastly different from. Mm of someone born in the United States. Um, while there's a lot of similarities and shared experiences and shared stories, we do have a difference in culture, in language, in food, um, and depending on your upbringing, even ideology and how you see the world, but in many ways there's a core thing that keeps us all together. And so, uh, as a naturist, uh, does your skin color make a difference, do you find? It's an interesting question, one that I thought about. Um, I mean, I have not had any negative experiences as a naturist, a black naturist in naturism. Um, I've never 
been disrespected or felt in any way, but, you know, it's something that comes in mind in terms of, you know, if I go to a new resort, um, and I've been to a few, you know, I am more than likely the only person of color in that space. It's not something I don't, it's something I notice and that I ponder on um, because there are not many black or African-American natures in that, in that space. Um, but conversely, if I go to a beach like Hallover or Sandy Hook in New Jersey, I'm not the only one and there's plenty of people who look like me. Um, so it's a different, it just depends how I live out natures in, in the public. Uh, space, how that it differs. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, my comfort level changes. There's no question that when you look at websites for naturist clubs, resorts, and literature, is very white. Yes, very. And does that make you feel that maybe you're less welcome? No, not necessarily. Um, no, not necessarily makes me less welcome, but it. You know, if something that is the back of my mind, if I decide to um, go to a resort, you know, I, it's something I think about where, oh, is everything going to be okay? Am I going to be welcome? Um, but it does not in any way impede me from experiencing what it is. Um, but it's definitely something I notice. Um, but I don't feel unwelcome. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Naturism is a largely a movement or a lifestyle that is predominantly Caucasian, predominantly male. Um, there's so much that could be done to change that, but you know, I often say when you're not someone who's um, surrounded by diversity, white is always the default for many things. Yeah, and I just think that's just the way it is um, and you know resort owners or people who are decision makers or policy makers or other natures and probably don't think about the diversity thing because it's not something they go about thinking about or having to think about or experience because white is always the default um, that's so it takes a little extra step of someone who's in a majority or to look in the spaces they are and say, oh, wow, there's not a lot of diversity in this space. Yeah, it's, it, it is something that, you know, white people probably don't notice much unless they are in an area where it's unusual. Toronto, where I am, is very diverse. Um, not just black and white, but every, every people yeah. from all over the world. And yeah. I actually, when I travel outside of Toronto and I go to places and I go into... A restaurant, I actually notice everybody's white, and it's 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 kind of weird because I'm I'm used to seeing diversity. Uh, right. I'm not saying there's no problems here. We have problems too. Don't don't get me wrong, but we have a lot more diversity than some places I've gone to. So it is something I fortunately notice, and I've tried to fix in the in our website and our imagery. Uh, but then you have to find people willing to be in pictures, and right. you have even when you pay money, that's not necessarily easy. Uh, the way I've solved it easily is if anybody's seen my my signs, I put a group of people, and when you do illustrations, which is what I've done, cartoons, well, then it's easy. You can make them 
anybody, any style, any age, any shape, any color you want. So it makes yeah, it easier. Yeah, I mean, the task of um, making it more welcoming, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's nature or an engineering field, whatever it is, of making things a little bit more accessible or relatable or um, welcoming to people who may not necessarily be in those areas is taking that little extra step of looking at your website and say, oh, you know what, we need to add a little bit of diversity in there. Because, you know, people do things or go places where they see others just like them. Uh, and it makes it a bit of a more less nerve-wracking and more welcoming experience when you see other people who look like you. Right. You, you, you'd, uh, of course. It would actually, since you never see it, uh, or rarely see it, it would be very refreshing when you see it. Like, whoa, look at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's a real opportunity for people uh, uh, that, you know, to, to attract a group that would be particularly feeling welcome if right. they saw themselves reflected in the right. marketing and promotion. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I've you know, seen online chats or forums where people of color, not necessarily uh, black, who ask, oh, you know, is it okay? Um, you know, is it safe to go? Or because, you know, they don't see themselves in these pictures or websites that they just need a little reassurance that I'm welcome. Well, see, for people who are white in a society that is a majority white and reflects everything that way, in, right. they probably don't even think of themselves as particularly white. Do you, uh, how often do you get a chance to forget that you're not white, that you're black? You know, it's kind of a loaded and complicated question because, you know, I grew up attending predominantly white schools. Um, you know, I make a joke that my first black school friend wasn't until high school um, because I'd just been so used to being the one of very few black kids in my school. The only time where it's not the case is if I'm in my own home or attending church with my parents. Um, but the only time where I don't have to think about it is when I'm amongst other people who look like me or other people of color. Um, be Latino, because there's sort of, a, even though we're culture different, there's a shared understanding experience on how we see the world and how we navigate the world. Hmm. And is that why, I know you haven't attended the uh, Black Nature's Association events in Florida yet, but is that why you think there is a group I mean, you can't speak for them, but why would you create a black naturist group? You know, uh, when it goes back to when you see an activity or a forum where you don't see people who look like you, there's something nice about connecting to people who look like you mm -hmm. um, and who speak your language or understand. I. Um, it's difficult to kind of explain, but when you are amongst people who are like you, there's an unspoken understanding about everything. I don't have to explain anything to you because you get it. Um, and I'll just put it in the context of naturism versus a textile. You know, if you're around a naturist, there's an understanding, a kinship, a something that connects you that only the two of you 
fully understand that someone outside of that group may not necessarily understand. You right. don't have to explain things thoroughly to them, and there's a bonding and a safety in just being around those type of people, another nature, or and then extend that to race and sex or whatever and sexuality. Yes. Well, it, and it you know if it was truly a, a, a world where your skin color was the same as your hair color and nobody really it was just a variety, then you would never feel left out or you would never feel like you have a different experience and so no. you wouldn't need a black naturist association right right just like we don't have a brunette uh, uh, versus a blonde naturist association because nobody right treats you differently because your hair color correct, they correct. Do because of your skin colors uh, right 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 and we've got so a long way to go right it's just nice to see people who look like you in that space where you may not necessarily see them um, and it's just nice to not just to be black and we're naturist too and we can enjoy that with each other and you know one thing I even will extend in saying that just because something is created um, for a certain kind or a black space or a black group or it doesn't mean others who are not necessarily black can't come into that group um, it just means, hey, this is, you're welcome right. to this group. But keep in mind, this is a group with an intended purpose of connecting natures of color sure. together. doesn't mean others are not welcome. It's just keep in mind this is where, where you are. In other words, it's sort of our home. You're welcome guests. Come and enjoy yourself, but remember where you are. Um, and I'm only speaking in general. I can't speak for exactly that group because I have not had the opportunity to attend. But in general, a lot of places, are, a lot of spaces that are specifically for people of color often does not mean those who doesn't, don't belong to that group can't come in. No, exactly. And I've never been to a black naturist event, but I've been to a gay naturist event, which is similar. And I'm right. not gay, but right. I was very welcome. Like, in fact, right. I, I think I was more welcome there than some uh, non-gay naturist places right. that I've been. Right. Because they, they, it's like you said, it's not about just being for gay. It's about being people who share something when in the outside world they're not always treated like they belong. Correct. 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 So here you know you belong in the Black Naturist Association. You know right. you're welcome. You don't have to right. worry about that. But that doesn't mean yeah. that I can't come in. Right. It's a space for where we can just let our hair down and let our guards down and just be who we are. Exactly. So what has, did you, have you had experiences in your life um, as a black man where you felt discriminated against, where you felt you, you had an inferior position, you were at a disadvantage? Um, yes, and it's probably not something I really quite want to discuss that, um, but I've been profiled, uh, you know, being followed around the store. Um, one particular experience I do remember, which is not one I want to go into detail with, where I suspected of shoplifting when in reality I, went, I wasn't, and I was threatened with jail time, and but going through my stuff, they did not find anything or see anything, and, but just simply just thought that because I'm there, I must be doing something wrong. And, you know, experience to that level shakes you to your core. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it completely changed the way you see the world. Um, and so, it you know, it's hard for people who don't experience it fully understand what it does to you, but it completely sh shapes your whole view. And it's trauma that you have to work through and learn how to deal with. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up um, attending predominantly all white schools. Um, I went to an all boys prep school in high school. That was a very difficult experience. Well, I'm very grateful for the amazing education, but that left me with some issues in the end um, that I had to deal with and unpack. So it's um, it, when you experience certain things, it it shakes you to your core. Yeah, I, and I can, you know, the empathy is what people uh, sometimes lack because they haven't heard the stories and they can't imagine. You know, I I am an old white male. I have so much privilege that I never think about it. I never have. Yeah. I never have to worry about it. I, I'm not concerned about anything um, because of that privilege. And people yeah. don't appreciate how much confident as confidence that gives you in the world that you don't have to worry about it. Right. And uh, you know, women. We've talked often about women in naturism have a similar thing because in the outside world, women. It doesn't take too many experiences where somebody sort of decides that they can do things to you because uh, of their sex drive or whatever uh, without their permission for them to feel that they're just always being stalked. Right. Um, and it's hard for a man to imagine that. And right. similarly, it's hard for a, a white person to imagine what it's like to go around wondering, you know, why am I being pulled over? Why am I being stopped? Why am I being questioned? Right. Um, you don't have to have that happen a thousand times to go. Right. Nobody else experiences that. Why right. am I? I you know, I when you are privileged in some way, be it race, be it gender, you know, one of the worst things I think you can do is deny someone else's their experience. Right. Um, it's it's totally shattering to do that to someone. Um, you know, I'll give the analogy of we'll stick to the subject of women. I'm a man. There's privilege to that. Yeah. Um, and while I may not necess necessarily fully understand the how women navigate this world and the things that they have to experience and continue to experience, one the worst thing they can do is deny her the feeling and her experience. Right. The best thing I can do is acknowledge it emphasize and un get an understanding of how that feels. I can never fully understand it. It's a not experience I could ever have, but the worst thing you could do is tell them, oh, it's all in your head. Or maybe you just misunderstood. I don't think it was that you're lying. It's those kind of things, those words, you know, and words have meaning and words are powerful that we need to be careful how we talk to those who are in marginalized groups, be it women, be it gay, be it black, be it Asian, whatever, you have to really step back and not make it about you or your feelings and the worst thing you could do is um, deny someone that experience that they feel and have gone through.
So, so this movement, uh, naturism, has always had people uh, who were arguing, you know, against racism and for equality since the early 20th century. But it also has a lot of racism. It has a lot, you know, white-only naturist clubs or nudist clubs, and yeah. Uh, you know, against Asians, against Jews, or whatever. There was lots of that yeah. happening in the 20th century as well, and and sadly, probably still today. Although I don't know of any specific examples. So, but let's assume that people listening to this podcast are a little bit more enlightened, and they may not have intentionally done anything, but they would they would like to be more welcoming. What advice would you have for them to do or not do to make you and others feel more welcome? I mean, before I answer that, I'll preface by saying one thing. I know sure. one thing, that I, something I always see, especially online, how a lot of naturists have this feeling like because they're naturists and because they're doing something so liberal as living nude-free that they're somehow more open-minded uh, than the general population. Mm-hmm. And my response is always, naturists are no different than the general population. True. The only difference we have is, you know, we like to live a lifestyle, live a life where we're comfortable being nude. Uh, that's the only difference. Everything else we can share is varying political views, various life experiences. Um, to circle back to your question, how do you become more welcoming? You know, there's, I don't want anyone going up there um, to you know, nature's couple, black couple or Asian couple walks into a um, nature's resort. Please don't a million people go walk up to them to say, hi, welcome. You know, that's, <laughs> right. that could be a little, that's a bit much. It's a bit much. But it is being friendly. It is going out of your way and saying, hello, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Um, you don't want to make them feel like this sort of, um, they're, plop there for you to really say, hey world, you got diversity, here's that little uh, black guy over there. Um, you don't want to go to do and do any of that stuff, but it's also taking the stuff as we kind of talked about is, look at your websites, you know, your websites are the first point of entry mm-hmm. or visibility to a lot of people who may be interested in naturism. You know, look at those websites, is it pretty much stark of white people or older people? They're trying to get young people, and you know, you don't want them to only see old. Um, not that there's anything wrong with older natures, um, but it's kind of those taking that little extra stuff, uh, asking yourself, how can we make sure these people are seen in our space? It is, you know, more welcoming. Is for example, you know, if you go to a lot of new beaches in big, near big metropolitan areas, there's a lot of black Latino Asian people sunbathing. I've always been perplexed as to why nature's organizations don't have a booth in those kind of um, public spaces, you know, to hanging out brochures because that's a big area for you where there's a lot of diversity in terms of race, sexuality, where you can really educate and advocate for nature's and to people who may not necessarily even know such a thing exists. Um, you know, nude beaches are easy access to a lot of people um, because it's free and like in you know Holliver and Sandy Hook and Baker's Beach are big beaches near big metropolitan cities so you can have a diverse of people going to there 
you should be down there and reaching out and shaking hands and say, hey, we're ANNR, we're CNS, we're Nature's Action Committee, whatever. Um, because you're exposing to yourself to people who may not necessarily know that you, you exist. There's an on minorities in naturism. We sort of, in our conversation, we've sort of alluded to that. If you don't feel welcome, then you're not coming. Right. I, I don't, yeah. some people have said it's cultural, but I don't think so, because I, I, you're Haitian. That's not the same as somebody who grew up in Detroit. Like, it's not, that's not, your culture is totally different. It's not... I think cultural plays a small part of that. Um, may but not do you think there's such factor, a thing as black culture that is against nudity? Against it? No, that's actually... I think that's a little strong for me to say, but it's a little taboo. It's a little taboo. It's no more than taboo than white, but, you know, black cultures tend to be a little bit more religious, so it's kind of these kind of... I think there's Maybe. a lot of mental gymnastics people got to do to kind of get on board with it um, and unpacking things that you learn that may not necessarily be true. Yeah, but see then, if, if more religious is, the religion is the issue. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, there, I think that there's more, if you come from a specific country, uh, like, you know, Chinese immigrants in Toronto, they have a culture that has more body phobia uh, that they mm -hmm. come from, mm -hmm. but that's that's not even Asian. That's just Chinese, mm -hmm. and I think that can make a difference. You you have more of a culture uh, because you were born in Haiti and your family's from Haiti, but you know a third generation person from uh, Detroit or Boston, if if they're black, their culture is American culture. Right, right. Like right. that yeah. that's and that's where it comes from. Yeah, I um. I agree. I agree. But beyond that, if you if you're aware that you're black, and you're aware you don't feel as welcome because of the advertising and the imagery, you don't see yourself there. That's not culture. That's, that's just bad marketing. Or a group that knows they're not always welcome. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely right. Like it never occurs take. to me that I'm not welcome somewhere. You know, that, mm -hmm. we, it's, that's the, that's the the privilege that we we white people live in life. Like, a, I guess if there's a culture issue, it's not a black culture problem; it's a white culture problem. Explain. Because the white culture doesn't always make you feel welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's not and that you have excluded yourself from naturism. It's that naturism, being predominantly white, has not welcomed you as right. black people, not you specifically. Does that make sense? Do you agree with that? I think I agree with you. I, I very much agree with you. And probably take it even first, not necessarily culture, but probably life experience and upbringing. And yeah. And after I talked to Greg, I wanted to find somebody else. Um, no one person can speak for every person. There is no headquarters for the Black Lives Matter movement. There's no president. There's no uh, people have different interpretations and views of what the issues are and how things should be done. And so the next person I contacted was Shirley Mason. And I went looking. I thought I had done an episode with Shirley, and I haven't, which is a terrible, terrible mistake. And I will fix that. I'll contact her again. Um, and because Shirley and Richard Mason have been tireless advocates for naturism 
and beaches, and they were key to getting Hallover designated as a clothing optional or nude beach. They started the Beaches Foundation because they weren't happy with one beach. They wanted to help everyone. She's a marketer. She's a tireless promoter. And so I, I knew she would have a lot of experiences because she has spent decades and decades uh, fighting and dealing with people. So I gave her a call. So Shirley, you have, uh, well, I don't even know how long. I met you, gosh, decades ago, I think. I think it might have been 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you have... Uh, at least. Yeah, I think so. You, it was right at the beginning of Hallover had been turned into a beach, and it was a great success from the beginning. You've, uh, you've done quite a bit of work with uh, the Beaches Organization in Florida. You've been very involved in naturism and the associations. You are a well-educated, successful woman. And uh, how, lo how long has it been that Hallover has been uh, Nude Beach now? Would you believe uh, it'll be 30 years next year? 30 we years? started in 19 1991. Oh, wow. Okay, so it yeah. wasn't at the beginning. It was. I think it would have been around 2000 that I first met you. Something like 2000, okay. 2001, I came down to uh, Florida. And you and Richard were so kind, and you let me sleep in your uh, house, uh, and you welcomed me with open arms, despite not really knowing too much about me. Was... Well, that's how we nature start, aren't we? <laughs> it is true. It is true. We are very, uh, we're very accepting people. Um, but most of us. Most of us. <laughs> I meet people that mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not so well, fond of, but, you know, that's it's a cross-section of society, I guess. But I think on the whole, it is a more open-minded, more tolerant, more accepting uh, group of people. Well, would you agree with that? I would. And um, speaking of that, when I came out to my parents and family, which didn't take me long because... I've always been a very open person, and my father told me uh, and taught me, um, if you're big and bad enough to do something, you're big and bad enough to suffer the consequences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he also said, don't ever do anything that'll bring shame to our family. Hmm. So, um, and then my mother uh, would say, when I was little, if you want to know the truth about something, ask Shirley. You may not like what she has to say, but she will tell you the truth. <laughs> well, and, and that's great. And So uh, how long have you been involved in naturism? Um, actually, Richard and I got involved in about 83, 81. That was when South Florida Free Beaches had just lost its beach um, at, um, here in Miami-Dade County at Virginia Key, they were in a lawsuit with the city of Miami, which unfortunately they lost, but it was because they didn't do the quite the legal research they needed to do, which subsequently we learned from that mistake, and we did the legal research and found out, you know, how we could do it. Hmm. <laughs> Now um, that was uh, that was well that was uh, 
oh, geez, almost 40 years ago then. Yeah, yeah. And can I ask how old so, you were at the time? Uh, let's see. I'm 70 now. Here you go. And, and proud of it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I made it this far. You're still a very yeah, vibrant, and energetic person. I know that. So uh, it's not letting mm -hmm. you take, keep you down as you age. I can't. You, you just can't, uh, especially when there's something that's uh, really important to you. I got involved with organized naturism uh, out of love uh, for my husband. And so that carried me through. Mm -hmm. Carried us through, and that's why we really um, worked hard to get uh, clothing optional beach here. And we were really very disappointed to hear when other beaches around the United States and here in Florida were closed. And it just didn't make any sense to me. I'm going, why? And unfortunately, well, fortunately, I learned why. And um, when we started all over, I said, we're going to do this different. <laughs> and that, that made all the difference in the world. So. And what we're talking about today is I have been inspired by the uh, Black Lives Matter movement to talk a little bit about that. I've done an episode before on the lack of minorities sometimes in this movement. And we think of the movement as being... Uh, a little bit more open-minded and tolerant. But I know that historically, uh, there certainly have been some discrimination. And so, as a black woman, did you experience challenges? Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, yes, I, I'd say we did. <laughs> okay. Because uh, we would go to uh, some clubs and you know, be treated with not such, you know, open, welcome arms. But that was rare. I will say that was rare, I guess, um, because I was with a, a man that was white and I was black, mm -hmm. you know, and um, so it wasn't as threatening to others. But um, for those you know, a couple of places that we did go to that, you know, gave us the cold shoulder. Um, it was, it was an uncomfortable and it, it really has to do, I think from the top down, it's how the, you know, the owners of these private uh, clubs and campgrounds, how they felt people seem to attract other people like themselves. Right. And, uh, so, you know, it, it was, it was apparent and, you know, and, but we met so many nice people that I, you know, I just let that stuff kind of roll off my back. Well, that's good, but it, it must still hurt when it happens. To realize you're you're not looked at as a person, but just because of your skin color. Yeah, it it does. Um, how do I put this? I grew up in Duluth, Minnesota. Mm. <laughs> I think you know 
that it was from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was almost a lily white area of the country. And fortunately, there was an Air Force base there at the time. And uh, I had plenty of guys to date. <laughs> <laughs> My mother said, uh, you girls are so spoiled. You've got all these guys you can pick and choose from. <laughs> but um, it was a little awkward, too, because, yes, I could, once I left school and, you know, I could find people of, you know, uh, of mixed race or black or, um, or minorities that I could socialize with uh, in school. Uh, and I got along real well with, you know, everybody and participated in extracurricular activities, but nobody wanted to date me in school. And so I find it interesting that uh, when we had our 10-year reunion, that's when the guys that were interested came out of the woodwork. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because now they, they felt free, I guess, to, um, you know, to, to ask me out and, and, you know, hopefully strike up some kind of romantic relationship. But uh, I was married by then, so huh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you were fighting but, um, in 1981 and the things, um, do you did you ever feel you were not taken as seriously because you were black? Mm, yeah. Hmm. Uh, you mean in naturism or in general? In naturism, in general, when speaking to politicians, I don't know, when dealing with officials from the government? Well, <laughs> since uh, naturism and skinny dipping is such a, a controversial issue when you're talking to politicians, uh, you don't know if it's because of the subject that they're uncomfortable or if it's because of you. I will tell you this, though. Having a black female come to you talking about clothing optional beaches and how they're good for a community and nude recreation in general is, you know, a thriving market segment that, you know, we should be tapping into. Uh Um, They were always very surprised. Number one, that you're even talking about that. Uh (laughs) And number two, you know, it's coming out of the mouth of someone that they wouldn't, you know, think would be interested in something like that. So uh, I would hear, you know, later on uh, feedback from from different politicians and leaders and people in the hospitality industry that this was a bit surprising. Yeah, so in some ways, maybe that served as an advantage to you at, at times. Yeah, I I just don't let those things get in my way. <laughs> no, I know that you are you are quite uh, the unstoppable force, and that's great. Um, and and in terms of you know, a lot of clubs will tell you, well, we'd love to have more black people or minorities in general, but they don't come. 
Any idea why that is? Well, first of all, if you look at um, the way these clubs advertise, and which is really something rather new, uh, because we, we're such a cloistered group mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, it's like before the Internet, you really, really had to want to find this, you know, clubs and beaches and all those things. And it was very difficult to actually find because no one really advertised. Now with the internet, it's much easier. But even when you see advertising, um, it's rare that you'll see a person of color or, you know, any um, darker minority, you know, in pictures. So it looks like it's something that only white people do. But I know that to be not true at all because of the beach. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can see everything <laughs> mm-hmm. from every you know corner of the world at our nude beaches, and you know, and why organized nude rec- recreation hasn't tapped into that? I'm. It you know it baffles my husband and I because our background uh, is marketing, mm-hmm. and we're going. So why wouldn't you work with the groups that are working at, you know, with the beaches and tap into all those people? Because <laughs> they're all—they're your market. They're already naked. <laughs> yeah. And they—and yeah. I do know they want to know more about, you know, other places to go and, you know, p- people to meet. So. So, in addition to reflecting people in uh, the advertising that you do, uh, so people of all colors, but specifically black people, because that's what we're talking about today, um, is there mm-hmm. anything else a club can do to make them feel welcome, to make you feel welcome? Well, um, a lot of these clubs have like libraries, little mini libraries and reading rooms. Put some literature in there about uh, people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's real important because you you know it is awkward for a lot of minorities, and and I have to speak in more general terms because I'm a typical uh, American in so far as my background and, and, you know, family structure runs pretty much the gamut. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I, I think in terms of, you know, of minorities in general of, of color. And yeah, of course, I consider myself a black person. And I know that's the way the world sees me, which is fine with me. But um there's there's just things that you can do. Uh, people can hire more people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing seeing the staff be all white is a bit intimidating uh, for someone that's coming out for the first time. Um, 
even down to the music that's being played, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mix it up. Yeah, so, it's, it is a bit of a chicken or the egg because I've tried to attract uh, more diversity in, at Bear Oaks. And we have some, there's no, there's no question, but mm-hmm. I don't want the first time, uh, you know, you need pictures. And so, but I don't want the first time somebody shows up saying, hey, can, would you like to be in a picture? You know, a lot of people are not willing to do that. And right. I, I don't, I want their first visit to be a relaxing one. And when they come a few times, I've, you know, and I've broached the subject, but it's not, it's hard to find people in general, as I'm sure you know, willing to be public and be in pictures. And if, mm-hmm. you know, only a, a very, very small percentage are non-white, that means that your 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 chances of finding somebody willing to be in the picture is low. I've even tried offering money and that didn't work. Um, what has worked for me is when we when we draw pictures, then it's easy because I can draw any color that I want, and all our cartoon sure. pictures are that. But and then the same thing with staff, right? There's a limited uh, number. Even though Toronto is an incredibly mm-hmm. diverse place, and it always disappoints me that we can't attract more more of that variety. It's a challenge, but let, let, let so let me ask you a question. Uh, people, you know, say, "Look, I don't want to identify people by their colors. I want to look at them every as people." But then, when you want to reflect, you know, whether it's on your board or in your advertising, you want to approach people. Is it offensive to coach somebody and say, "Look, I I want to have more black people in my uh, in my office on my board." Would you be interested? Because then you're really identifying them because of their skin color. Is that offensive? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think it's kind of a compliment um, to say that, you know, you want to be an engine for change and improvement. And that's always a more positive way of, approaching, you know, something. And if people can admit that how things uh, have been in, you know, in the past and even in the present uh, isn't working and they're ready to uh, learn and move forward, I think that would really make uh, a good impression on, on people that, you know, black people, Asian people, Hispanic people. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess often uh, being a my visible minority means you're recognized that way in a negative way. So, to be recognized that way in a positive way, I guess would be a good, a pleasant change, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah. You're you're wanted for for good change. <laughs> Not just because, you know, I, you know, I can mark this one off. Oh, got one black over here. <laughs> I've done my part. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh, um, no one wants to be a token. <laughs> but if you, you, if you um, go to people with sincerity and you really give them a voice uh, to speak out and, and, they will. It's it's a human nature thing. It seems to be getting worse in some ways recently, doesn't it? Well, 
at my age to say uh, it's getting. I think it, it. This comes in waves. Um, it's being talked about more now um, and garnering more attention because of people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired (laughs) and, you know, being treated so shabbily. But, um, I, I think with the 24 hour media that we have, we're just getting bombarded more by it. Mm -hmm. And of course we have certain leaders, uh, that, want to play on those fears and um, anxieties and frustrations. And of course, uh, if they're getting a, a lot of attention and, <laughs> you know, and then if you have a powder keg where, you know, you have all these millions of people demonstrating all over the world <laughs> because they're pissed too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you can't ignore it, but, I don't think it's really getting worse. I just think it's being brought out more. It's just like um, when, uh, you know, the Me Too movement. Women have been, you know, been sexually victimized, you know, ever, forever. Yes. But when people just said, look, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of this and I'm going to speak up. And then they find that they have all these other allies that feel the same way, mm-hmm. but you know, we're afraid to come forward. So better, worse. Um, it's, it's been there and it's just been bubbling right under the surface. And of course, from time to time, just like a volcano, it's going to explode. Yeah. Have you uh, or uh, the uh, Beaches organization done anything about uh, for Black Lives Matter? No, we haven't specifically done anything about about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel that naturism is kind of an oasis that um, where you can shut out a lot of the the noise and the you know, the antagonism and all that, and just kind of breathe, (laughs) just let it out, you know, and um, because you know when you put your clothes on and you leave the beach or you leave that nice resort, all the world is going to be there to, uh, you know, to press on, you know, every nerve that you have. So I really don't want uh, our beaches to become any more political than it already is simply because we take off our clothes and skinny dip. (laughs) That seems to be a, you know, pretty political thing. And we're always being watched. So I, I, I don't want to put things on our website or, put out any literature on it people will find their way to what you know what they want to to do 
but let, let the beach and nude recreation be a respite. Now, I had found a uh, Black Naturist Association, and I, I, that was actually the first people I wanted to talk to, but I couldn't get a response. Maybe it was a season or whatever, but as it turns out, uh, one of the board members of the Beaches Foundation that uh, Shirley uh, has founded and works very closely with still uh, is Michelle Jackson, who's also uh, one of the key people in the Black Naturist Association. So through Shirley, I was put in touch with Michelle and we had a lovely chat. Welcome, Michelle. I was really glad that Shirley could connect us. And I understand you're on her board of directors for the Beaches Foundation. Absolutely. It's a uh, new appointment for me. I'm excited about it. Definitely excited to uh, represent uh, BNA on the board and participate. So it's an exciting time. Well, that's good. And uh, what what are your how did you connect with the uh, Beaches Foundation? It was a few years ago. I would say maybe about three years ago. BNA uh, we was just starting up as an organization. BNA um, stands for Black Naturalists Association, and we wanted to connect with some uh, other uh, organizations in the Miami area. Um, we were putting together a trip and. We wanted to connect with some others in Miami uh, that had connections with Hallover. And I remember uh, we came up on, and I think this was, it might have been uh, one of the magazines that we were looking through, saw Shirley's information and reached out to her and she connected us with um, some other individuals and talked about how she could help um, get everything set up. Of course, she knows everything about Miami Hallover. So we reached out to Shirley, and her and her husband was very kind and helped set up a few tents and tables and pretty much laid out the red carpet uh, for us and our organization. So we've been in contact with Shirley ever since. She is wonderful. Yeah, When I first met Shirley, was I contacted her at least 20 years ago and uh her and richard just said oh yeah come on and stay over will you at our place we'll we've got a cot you can sleep in i mean she didn't know me from you know adam and still uh welcomed us into her home it was wonderful they they oh absolutely both of them are really really sweet people so the um i'm looking here at your uh, bio on the beaches foundation and uh, it was interesting because you said uh, when you are the only black uh, walking into places where you're not often represented, people tend to look at you. That is correct. <laughs> Tell me what that feels like when you go to a naturist club where you are, you, you're so aware of the fact that you're somehow different. You know, it's, I'm kind of immune to it. I'm used to it. Um, and, and I say that because oftentimes I can get the same look walking into a restaurant or going to a Korean uh, sauna uh, where you have to unclose. And, you know, our, our bodies can be different. Um, you know, we come in all different color shades and 
and sizes and whatnot. And so sometimes it's just people's curiosity. Um, but I do feel oftentimes it's not necessarily, um, you know, in an uncomfortable way. I think people are just more so curious. So I, it, it doesn't really bother me as it may someone who um, isn't accustomed to the environment or the lifestyle, the natural uh, lifestyle. But when I first, when I had my first experience at hedonism in Jamaica, it was a little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> I have to admit, um, to have people staring at me. Because when you're first taking off your clothes, sometimes it's that apprehension and you know, you, you feel like everyone is looking at you, and that's really not the case anyway. So sometimes it can feel that way when you're first just starting out and, and getting comfortable in your own skin and, 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 and lifestyle. Um, so it was a little bit different then than it is for me now. Um, as long as it doesn't feel like it's an uncomfortable um, stare, um, you know what I mean? It's, it's a yeah. difference. Somebody's just looking versus just someone staring. Um, I'm okay with it. You know, it doesn't really bother me as much. No, but, so you're uh, used to it, but it doesn't mean that you're not aware of it still. It still has to be in your mind, correct. right? Uh, correct. And, that, and that's just with anything in life. Uh, a lot of places that I go to, sometimes people just staring and looking um, because they're not accustomed to having people of color in that particular space. And do you feel it's any different in naturism? And I'm not suggesting there's no problems in naturism. There definitely is uh, some places for sure. But do you feel that naturists are a little different in any way than the rest of the world when it comes to color? I have had some very positive experiences. I'm very fortunate, and I say fortunate because I know there are others who have not and who have talked about going to some of the resorts, um, and had some really negative experiences and was really made to feel like they did not belong. It was it was very obvious with the comments and whatnot, but that has not been my experience. Um, the places I have gone, you know, we do a lot of research and try to read, you know, the reviews and uh, call ahead and talk to people, have conversations to see, you know, how... Uh, accepted they are of having a group of people coming in, you know, um, of color. And you can tell by conversations that people are, are really accepting of it versus those who are a little bit hesitant. Um, so we try to vet before we do set up a trip uh, and, and events going to a certain location. But for me, I've always had a really positive experience. People have been very kind and acceptive. They always want to come over and talk to us, you know, learn a little bit more about us because it is different. It is. You know, we're, we're breaking the, norm, the, the, the stereotypes of uh, African Americans not being at uh, these nudist resorts um, and beaches. And so it's because it's been taboo in our community. So um, I don't mind the, the conversations. It's great um, to have people come and ask questions and want to learn a little bit more about us. So, you know, we, we accept it. You know, we have our open arms for everyone. Um, and it's all about just educating more than anything else. So it's been good. 
Yeah. I, I, like I said, I've had a really good experience. So I, and I think you've already sort of alluded to that, but just, just so we speak about it clearly, why do you need a Black Naturist Association? Well, I feel like with a lot of things, it almost kind of goes back to, you know, having, I know some people don't necessarily understand why there have to be black organizations at work, um, <laughs> you know, black naturalist associations, but we didn't have an organization where we saw people that looked like us, that represented who we were and the things that, like, our culture, our uh, backgrounds, and, and we wanted to create an environment that people of color could feel like they could relate with the other members and be a little bit more comfortable. Because again, it's 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 been historically it's been taboo for for a lot of African Americans. Uh, you know, we have a very conservative, oftentimes conservative Christian or Baptist. Uh, upbringing, and sometimes even Catholic, but it's it's not widely accepted for us to be naked in public. And so we wanted to create an environment where we could educate people of color and say, hey, it's okay. It's, you know, it, you don't have to have a perfect body, or you don't have to, you know, be in this other lifestyle, because oftentimes people want to relate naturalism with swinger lifestyle and it's totally different so it's it's really trying to figure out what are those things those hesitations in the black community that keeps people from wanting to participate you have people that come up all the time that's curious but then they're hesitant and they don't want to participate so it's, it's identifying what those things are and finding a ways to break down um, those stereotypes and a lot of times, the best way to do it is do it with people that look like you and can also relate to you. And we didn't have any of that, at least from what I saw and the other founders. Um, we have a huge, huge group of participants and members that have found us and said, you know what, I, I've been looking for years for a group like this. Mm-hmm. And it's um, when you go on site, constantly, everywhere you go, work, um, restaurants, stores, and depending on where you are, you know, raised, uh, and, and you're always the outsider, you're always the minority, it's a sense of belonging and family when you can find something that you can relate to and, and it's like a family versus always being that outsider or the minority. It's so it, it's a different feeling. So that's why we wanted to create it and help break down those stereotypes that, yes, black, there are black naturalists. It, it, it is okay in the, in the community to uh, participate in this lifestyle. Well, and I, I think that naturists should actually understand that because, you know, if you go to a beach and you're the only one that's naked, it feels a little weird. You'd rather be with a whole bunch of other people that are comfortable with nudity as well so that you don't feel you're being looked at all the time, right? Absolutely. And sometimes people just don't even, they're not aware of it. Like psychologically, they're not aware that there is a difference. I, I remember being out, I went out to dinner 
with a coworker, and I used to work in the real industry, and it's, you know, predominantly white male um, industry. And oftentimes I would be the only female in the room and then also the only person in color. And we were at a restaurant, we were having a conversation about, you know, the difference in how I feel when I walk out and, and go to different places. And I told him, I said, just even right now, I said, stop and look around the room. How many of me do you see? And he said, I've never thought of it like that. And he looked and said, wow. I said, imagine walking in a room every day and moving through life and not seeing a lot of you being represented everywhere you go. And he said, Michelle, I just, he said, until you just said that, he said, and I'm over 40 years old, he said, I've never really stopped to think about it like that. And I said, exactly. You know, so sometimes when, um, you know, you are, when things are not affecting you, you have a tendency not to really think about it. Right. And that's what we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to find ways. Obviously, there is something different where you don't see a lot of people of color at new resorts and beaches. And what's the reason? And, you know, it, I've had so many people come up to us and say, oh, my God, we, so, we enjoyed you guys. You all were so fun. You know, they were really, really welcoming and happy and wanted to take pictures and use us, you know, in some of their brochures so they can break down some of those stereotypes. It's really important. They don't want to be racist. They don't want to upset you. So they they kind of pretend like they don't notice you're black. Do you? Does it upset Correct. you if they t- they ask you about being black? No, absolutely not. I mean, that's, it's who I am. Hmm. And again, it's all about, I welcome those conversations. Uh, my, my founder is six of us. And we welcome those types of conversations. We're all professionals. We all come from a variety of um, backgrounds, but we like having those conversations because that's how you educate and that's how you create positive change. It's when you don't have those conversations and people are living their life um, and, and moving through assumptions that creates a lot of hostility or, you know, misunderstanding. So you, you, you have to have an open dialogue. And if somebody who is white or Asian or uh, Middle Eastern wants to attend a BNA event, are they are they welcome? Oh, absolutely. We have white members um, that are uh, part of our organization. We've had people to reach out. They are more than welcome to join uh, any of our events. We do not limit it at all to just. African-Americans, absolutely not. So for the clubs out there that they recognize that they don't have a good representation, uh, and I understand it's a chicken or the egg situation, right? You don't see yourselves there. You don't feel always welcome. So how can they encourage that because they're majority white and they want to encourage it, but they don't have the people there to show you? What, what, what do you suggest to them? Well, they can reach out to us and uh, or other uh, organizations that have members of color uh, and try to partner with them on events or do some marketing uh, promotions. You know, there's uh, many different ways. Oh, that's fantastic. So if people want to learn more about BNA, how do they get in touch with you? We are on Instagram as uh, Black Naturalist. 
and it does not have an L. A lot of times people want to say natural, but it's um, Black Naturist. Right. And we are on Facebook as Black Naturist Association, and we also have a website page, uh, www.blacknaturalassociation.com. So discrimination is something, you know, to, to live with discrimination all your life, to always feel like you have to be careful, that you may not be looked at like everybody else, that you don't fit in, is something that naturists might understand a little bit if they think about it. It's not the same as being black. I mean, there's not, there's no history of being enslaved, of your, your grandparents being forced from their country and brought to another place to be turned into slaves and abused. There's no history of being killed, as far as I know, for being a naturist. But think about it this way. Imagine you're a naturist and you walk on the beach nude and you're the only one. And whenever you go, you're allowed to, and everybody says you're allowed to, but you're always the only one. And people kind of look at you because you come in, you feel that you stick out a little bit because you're a little different. And people are, maybe they're not nasty to you, but you can tell they don't necessarily approve. And you always feel like you don't fit in. And you're not really with people like you, people that understand you. And you know that if you tell other people, you might lose your job even because people might disagree, might not like you. But as a naturist, you can hide it. If you're black, you're black. You have to own it. You have to be that person. And you have to, unfortunately, deal with it throughout your entire life, nonstop. And you've heard from our guests. They are all strong people who have trouble, no trouble coping. But I've got to imagine it must get tiring. So we should all stand together. And we should not tolerate that anymore. We should speak up. When, it, when we hear it, when we hear discrimination, when we hear you know, racist jokes or inappropriate comments, we should speak up. But you can't ignore it because it won't go away on its own. It hasn't, clearly. It might be getting better slowly, but it's too slow. It's not fast enough. And we can't pretend it doesn't exist. Sometimes the more liberals among us like to pretend, oh, I don't notice color. But of course, society notices color, and you probably do as well. And you can't pretend it doesn't exist. And as you heard, it's not that they want to be thought of as invisible or not black. They're proud to be black, and they don't mind talking about it. So we don't have to pretend that, that being black doesn't exist, that different colors don't exist. Hopefully one day we'll get to the point where different colors will just be interesting uh, it will just be it's like some people are redheads and some people are brunettes. And we won't look at one as any different, just interesting. So support. Support the association. Support the businesses. Support the people that for centuries have been at disadvantage and now really deserve to have be treated special, to be maybe have the advantage just for a little bit. Why not? Why not? And most importantly, this is the Naturist Living Show, let's include him in naturism. Let's make an effort. I am going to try even harder to have more pictures of visible minorities, not just black people, actually everyone from all Asian people, uh, people from the Middle East. We want to be representative, young, old, skinny, heavy, uh, every shape, every size, every color, 
they should be on your website. They should be in your brochure. And we need to make more of an effort to make sure that they're included in the naturist movement. Maybe this could be the first part of society, which is better not just because we accept our bodies, but because we completely accept each other. If your place is not like that, please speak up and let's make a change. So that's all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Stefan Deschain. I'm your host for the podcast, and I'm the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature Spark. And I make the show with a lot of help from Samantha Graham, who's making things so awesome by producing the show and doing all the time-consuming editing. You'll find links to all the things we talked about that I mentioned in the show notes on the show's website, which is found at naturistlivingshow.com. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I always appreciate getting them, and I read them all. I may not reply to them all, but I definitely read them all, and I enjoy listening, uh, well, listening if I can, but also reading your comments and your thoughts. The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. And remember that you can call and leave a comment, and the show's phone number is 905-473-6060, extension 333, or you can just Skype Bear Oaks, one word, B-A-R-E-O-A-K-S, again, extension 333, and you can leave a message and take as many tries as you want. I hope you enjoyed the show, and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca.
against black domination. I have cherished the idea of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and, and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die.